Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Okay, so lead pastor at Redeemer means mm-hmm. that I do most of the preaching and vision casting. Yep. And executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship means? Uh, pick up the slack. Mm. Pick up the slack. I don't know that that's what it means. That's what it means. I don't so know Pat would put his job as associate pastor as anything you don't want to do, and then I pick up the slack from what you guys should be doing but don't do. That's an example. Okay, that's pastor. that's actually not that far off. That's yeah, exactly. A, Pat's wrong uh, with his description, mm-hmm. but uh, but I'm right with mine. Yeah, you pick up the slack. You know, you keep us organized. I, I try. You to. hold us accountable. Uh, I try to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what you there, do. Like, there's a lot of you know pushback. From some members of the staff. Yeah, well, listen, don't some listen people, to them. Some don't people, listen to them. Oh, don't really? listen to those people. Oh, they really? don't know what they're talking about, pushing oh, okay. back against the fofo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Well, Joe, I'm going to have to meet you in my office after this. <laughs> Too bad you don't have one. Uh, no, it's right here. <laughs> oh, this is my office. You're talking about... <laughs> it's our office. It's got my name on the door. Uh, dude, you're never here. Yeah. You're here, maybe. That's why I keep my name on it, so people don't forget. <laughs> so people don't forget that you're actually... You belong here. I'm about to think... You probably come... Twice a week? For uh, real? Is that, it, no, no, no. I'm here. I'm, I'm here frequently, but I'm just not here very long. By frequently, like, what do you, what do you come do, I guess? I mean, we have staff like, Grab meetings. books. Okay. I come right. here, I grab books. Um, mm. you know, so essentially, sort of we could have got you a storage locker and we're fine. Uh, if it was climate controlled mm. and had a Carnarvon wagon, then yes. I don't know what that is. Good, you can Google it. So, uh, man, it's getting hot. It's getting it's hot. hot in here. Oh, yeah. Right. We got the air conditioner off because we don't want to mess up the sound anymore. Any than Jimmy worse, already yeah. does yeah, mess I know. it up. I knew oh, you were going to say gosh. something like that. Thanks, buddy. Uh, no, Thanks, man, it's buddy. been sounding good. It's been no, sounding good. No, apparently not. It has been. Mm-hmm. It has been. So, uh, yeah, you, your kids and your wife are leaving. Is it tomorrow or tonight? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. They're leaving uh, for like a month. Yep. Who sends their family away for a month? The Fofo. That's crazy. What do you mean? It happens. People that people do that. You must hate them. No, I love them. That, that's why I said because they need a break from you. That and I, yes, vice versa. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, both, I know they're going up to visit family in exactly. Canada. I love my wife. I love my kids, and I, I, you know, I love my uh, my in laws. And it takes and like two weeks to get up to Canada, anyways, out in the middle of nowhere where they live. Jeez, it takes a while. It takes a while. Like three forms of transportation. You got to take like the well, you plane. Got, you got to take the car. You got to take the, the car to the airport. Then you got to take the plane, plane to the thing. And they got to take another little plane to get the other either thing. An, well, either another little plane or a uh, boat. Then like the Eskimo kayak you got to take to the island. Uh, yeah. I know yes. how it works. Yeah, I know yeah. Canada. You know Canada? I know Canada. What parts of Canada have you been in? Just name one area. Just Ni- one. Niagara Falls. What's up? Uh, there's, oh, no, there's a U.S. side, the Canadian oh, side. Oh, Canadian side. U.S. side. It's like Buffalo, Canadian New York. Side. So where's the Canadian side at? North of New York. Yeah. Okay. So what would exactly. that what, what would that place be? North. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wait, wait. Okay. Just okay. Fine. Province. Name the province. Oh. Um. <laughs> are you googling this? No. What are you talking about? I'm just saying. Like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh. I actually didn't expect you not to know this. I was thinking like, oh, I'm gonna set him up for an easy win. No, I have no idea. Trip, mm-hmm. I, can, I can go to TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor. Niagara Falls. <laughs> Niagara Falls. In Canada. Yeah, I know that. It, it takes too long to look this stuff up. Who has time to Google? <laughs> I ain't got time to Google. I don't know what we're talking about. So anyway, so yeah, uh, Michelle's going up there and uh, yeah, it's good for them. Good for me. It's uh, like I think I mentioned before, just a difficult season. So it's kind of nice. Working, you've been going in super early. Like, yep. I mean, okay, whatever you guys think of as early, it's earlier than that. And you've been working late because yep. just this season it's at the, work. the way it goes. And you feel bad because, you know, your wife and your kids 
you know, barely remember your name. Exactly. So now I get, I just send them away. Yeah. Be gone. Out of sight, out of mind entirely. Exactly. No. So they're going to be away. And that way you can, when you work late, you're not feeling bad about it. Exactly. Yeah. I'll probably just, there's been other times where I've just gotten a mattress and just slept at work. It's just easier. Wait, I'm sorry. You go get a mattress. Well, I get one. I have an inflatable mattress. I just get it out, pump it full of air. So you have an inflatable mattress at work? Yeah. <clears throat> what? It yeah, has fun. It's it's fun. Goes, it yeah, man, you gotta... sounds, sounds awesome. No, that's sounds awesome. The way it goes. Yeah. Hey, listen, you know, you run your company. That that's the important thing. You don't let right. other people run it. That's right. So that's I, why I, I, I concur. Yeah, you concur. I agree. Really? I agree. What company do you have? Doctrine and Devotion. Well, what's up? You've got thirty two percent. Oh, stop it. <laughs> we all know that. I am the Driscoll. I mean the brand. So, um, <laughs> problem is, there's some truth to that. So I got to. No, you there's be. not. All right. So today we're going to talk about uh, the 1689. We're yep. still in chapter three on yep. God's decree, but Looking today at, we're going to look at yeah, yeah, paragraphs two and three. I want to make sure I interjected somewhere there. In the yeah, try and contribute, okay, Jimmy? I, just a little okay. bit, just, just a little, but bit. not too much. No, no, because I might say something wrong. All right. So why don't you read paragraph two of 1689, chapter three? All right. Although God knoweth whatsoever make or can come to pass upon all supposed conditions, yet hath he not decreed anything, because he foresaw it as future, or as that which would come to pass upon such conditions. Okay. All right. So I you know it's it, it's archaic language. It's yeah, a yeah. little bit it's a little bit clunky when yeah, we yeah. read it today. Um, but the really, gist of it, the gist of it is what that the gist of it is just because God, you know God can see into the future, but he doesn't base his decision. On what he sees in the future. So your choices, your circumstances, the things that you, that God knows you're going to do, doesn't, um, I would say inform, influence, inform, influence his decision making right. in eternity past. Right. And so like there's, you know, there's a lot of passages of scripture that, that reflect this sort of a thing. But let me just read one from Romans 9. All right, um, go. And so this is an example. This doesn't establish and prove everything. But it, 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 it's an example that demonstrates that God um, makes his choice uh, in his decree without regard to what people are going to do in the future. This does not mean that God does not respond to our decisions yeah. in space and in time. We're going to talk about that on the Thursday episode. Yep. Uh, we got a really good uh, viewer email uh, asking some questions. But... Listen to, listen to Romans chapter 9, uh, beginning, uh, we're going to begin in verse 6. But, ver- oh, verse 6? Okay. Yeah, but, but I mean, this I'll, is, I'll let you do it. This is really where, um, you know, where, where Paul is trying to explain that, wow, you know, I, I, I wish that I was accursed, cut off for Christ, so that my brothers who are Jews would, would be saved, because they, all the, the adoption, the promises, the covenants, it all belongs to Israel, but yeah. they haven't received it, right? So here's what he says in verse 6. It is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said, About this time next year I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so... But also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they had not yet, you know, though they were not yet born and had not done anything either good or bad in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Mm. Now, this establishes pretty clearly that God's choice exists without regard to, in, in the sense that it's not influenced by 
uh, what decisions somebody might or will make in the yeah, future yeah. based on his omniscience, right? So when when people when when people hear this kind of a thing, they oftentimes push back, right? And Paul anticipates that kind of a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean he uh, he pushes that back uh, like in verse sixteen, right? Fourteen. Uh, it starts in fourteen. Oh, starts at fourteen. Sorry, I was looking at sixteen. Hold on. Paul says, what shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Verse 16. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. Right. I mean, so Paul says, Paul knows how people are going to feel about this. Oh, yeah. He anticipates, like you said, right? You don't like it. No. Well, it doesn't people struggle. Fair. Yeah, well, that's it. People people struggle with it because it's like, well, hold on. Where's my opportunity then? Right? Is everything then scripted, and I have no opportunity, no chance? Right. No. Well, I guess no free will. And we're gonna again. We're gonna talk about this on Thursday's episode. So stay tuned for that because we want to talk more about that. Here, what we're dealing with is simply the assertion, right? That um, that God has made a decree uh, that will definitely come to pass, and mm-hmm. his decree was not based on conditions that he saw that would be in place in the future. Um, and this is important because when we hear that and we begin to push back against it, you know, our complaints are like, well, that doesn't sound fair. Um, how is God going to blame me if, um, if I were to resist his will when he's already determined the end, right? Yeah. Jacob I loved and he saw it hated. So in verse 19... Of Romans chapter 9, it says, so you're going to then say to me, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? For, oh, my goodness sakes. Can you guys hear that? Probably a little bit. That's driving me crazy. Actually, uh, hold on. Don't say anything. No, now now he, shut, he shut it off. Now you can't hear it. Not now because he shut it off. No, no, no. Even when it was oh, on. I bet he could hear it. Well, I'll check. Keep All going. Right. You're fine. It's so distracting. I can't no, do it. No, you're fine. Okay. Keep going. Verse 19. So verse 19, right? Why would God find fault? Who can resist his will, like his sovereign will? I love Paul's answer because this really does hit at the heart of our basic problem. Who are you, O man, to Mm -hmm. answer back to God? Will the thing that is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Or the potter, has he no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? So, And and he he goes on. I want to get to the rest of that. But listen, you do not have the position or the privilege to talk back to God yeah. as if he owes you an explanation for the things that he does. Yeah, I mean, it, it, at the heart of it, it's pride. Absolutely. It's this pride, it's this arrogance, it's this lifting up of oneself. I, I don't under, like, okay, so listen, we have questions, we bring our questions to God, we have doubts, we struggle, and that's great. The psalmists always do this, but always with ultimately a submission to what God says. A, a humility. Right, yes, you got to receive it. And so, yes, God is not always going to conform to the expectations that you have set for your deity, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't conform to your expectations. He does what he knows is right. Now, what he thinks is right, what he knows is right, and his plan is perfect. So, you know, it goes on here in, in Romans chapter 9 about why God ultimately does what he does. Why is there this? And we're going to get into this in paragraph three here in just a minute. Um, But why does God choose to do what he does the way that he does? Uh, Verse 22. Jim, Mm -hmm. you want to read that? Yep. And through uh, 24. Yep. Uh, What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. Yeah, so, I mean, this is, this is big. 
and and it gets into paragraph three. So like, I guess the, the main point that um, that we want to take away before we get into paragraph three is um, if God does not determine what he will do based on a foreseen future event, it is because he is eternal and mm-hmm. he himself does not go through changes or development. Um, he doesn't learn anything new. He is eternal. He knows the beginning from the end. He has decreed it to be so. And so what when Paul is laying out this argument in Romans 9, he begins to explain what God is doing or why God is doing what he's doing. And what does he say? And in, in, yeah, we're talking about paragraph three here. Or, or, sorry. Are you talking about paragraph three? I apologize. Are we moving into Because yeah. paragraph three summarizes it. Absolutely. Go ahead. Read yep. Because three is, is speaking to the issues that we just read in verses 22 through 24 of Romans Exactly. 9. Uh, by the decree of God for the manifestation of his glory, some men and angels are predestined or foreordained to eternal life through Jesus Christ to the praise of his glorious grace, others being left to act in their sin to their just condemnation to the praise of his glorious justice. So that says that really encapsulates that Romans nine, right? There, right? Yeah. And and so why does God do what He does? Like the and we know this, right? Because we know this is the big answer for all things. Yeah, yeah. Why does God do what He does? Why has God made His decree? Yeah, for His glory, right? And and when and and the way His glory is manifested is in His justice being seen in the judgment of the wicked mm-hmm. and in His mercy being seen. Uh, in the salvation of the elect. Yeah. So, you know, back in Romans 9, Paul says, what if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make it known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? So there's one thing. God's going to make himself known so that we might behold his glory for all eternity Mm -hmm. through the demonstration of his wrath. In order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he has called. So, like, there's there's the picture. There is if you want to understand who God is, you have to see all of God. Yeah. And if you to appreciate the beauty of your husband or your wife or your children, to appreciate their beauty, you have to know their person. You have to know everything about them. Because what makes a person beautiful, right, is all of the good things that are true about them. It's not just the way Fofo's hair flows in the spring breeze. Though yeah, that th- is, thank you for noticing. That's an easy one. That's thank an easy you. One. Thank you. Or, okay. or the way Joe's uh, head shines yes. in the summer sun. In the summer sun, right. Or um, the way uh, when, when Jimmy laughs and his cheeks rise up and they, they glisten in the moonlight. That's mm. what I think about. Mm-hmm. Or the way uh, Joe can always fit through the tiniest holes yeah. in the fence to retrieve anything that's blown over the fence. So like we have these different ways in which exactly. our beauty can be seen. Exactly. But to see the whole, to see the true beauty of a person, you got to see all the good yeah. things that are true about them. And so for, it's the same with God um, to, for his glory to be reflected, uh, to be seen and beheld by all, all of his person and his works need to be seen. And so we see his wrath, we see his mercy. We see his justice. We see his forgiveness. So, and, Joe, I mean, some of the... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, like, so this is the beauty of it, that God shows who he is through this. And we have the privilege uh, as believers by God's mercy, not by our own earning or merits, of being in on the the more pleasant side of God's glory. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, some have called this double predestination. Right. That when God is when he's predestined some for salvation, he's essentially predestining others for condemnation. Right. So is that what is that kind of is that is that a proper yeah. they way just of call it, it? They just call it double trouble. Double trouble. Double trouble. Double trouble. Yeah. They should stop calling it double predestination. They should just call it double trouble. Why would it be double trouble, though? Because, because they don't what, like it. 
Well, no, because double trouble. Some of us like it. Well, I like it. Yeah, exactly. So it's not double trouble. But for them, it is. And double trouble sounds cool. Just say double trouble. Double trouble. Double trouble. Sounds like it's fun to say. No, that's trouble. Trouble's a game. I've never played it though. But don't they do double trouble? I don't think so. Maybe that's the bonus round. Anyway, yeah, so a lot of people talk about double predestination. And I'll be honest, most people that talk a lot about double predestination are against it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and sometimes misrepresent it, sometimes represent it well. And then other people that would believe in what actually could constitute double predestination don't talk about that term, not because we find it objectionable, just because it hasn't been something that we've used much in our theological heritage. Mm. So the question is, if God has predestined some for eternal life, doesn't that mean that he's predestined others uh, for damnation? And the short answer is, yeah, uh, sure, okay. Um, I don't have a problem with that. But just like anything, uh, the details are important. Yeah. Okay, so um, why is it that I will go to heaven? Like why will, if I am a believer, right, why will anyone go to heaven, Jimmy? What are the basic reasons somebody's going to make it into God's presence forever? By the grace of God. Okay, so grace. Yep. Mercy. Mercy and sacrifice. The sacrifice of Christ. Yep. Substitution. Yep. Um, you know, his his active and passive righteousness mm-hmm. credited to me. Yep. So, you know, uh the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, faith in Jesus, the means by which I'm justified and actually yep. enter into the kingdom of God. There's a lot of things that happen, uh, all of grace for a person to enter. Uh, this realm of redemption. So um, why does somebody go to hell? Uh, God withholds those things. I don't know how to, I mean, like he doesn't act on their behalf. Right, right. So um, now those things, are those things that are deserved? Like no. grace, mercy, no. for the Holy Spirit? So they're not earned. They're not deserved. God mm-hmm. doesn't owe anything to anyone. No. If he chooses to give an undeserved gift to someone, that's amazing. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he, he isn't responsible to give gifts like that to everyone. Yeah. So when you talk about it, like effectively, like most effectively, most immediately, the reason a person goes to hell is because they sinned and broke God's law. And God punishes sin. It's in his nature. He must punish sin. So the reason somebody goes to hell is because they have transgressed. The reason somebody goes to heaven is because their transgressions have been forgiven by God. Yeah. Um, so God had to do something extra in order to pardon. When it comes to the sinner, it's just things rolling along their natural course in a sense. Correct. I mean, even like, like again, verse 22. What if God, showing to show that desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. So they were already there. He's just enduring with patience. Right. And so, again, some people are going to say, well, still, like God knows God knows they're going to go to hell. He's withholding that from them. Um, doesn't that mean God, cre- and then God created them knowing this. So how is that not God creating them for hell? Well, I guess in one sense, uh, I'm going to say that God created all of us with particular plans. And I'm going to go back to Romans 9 and say, I'm not going to argue with God based on the choices that he made and the purposes for which he made people. I may not understand it. I may not even like it on an emotional level, but I'm going to submit myself to what it actually says. So here's the basic difference between predestination and reprobation. Predestination is God choosing to extend saving grace, effectual grace, uh, to the undeserving. Reprobation is different from condemnation in that reprobation is the decision in eternity past to withhold that grace or to not extend that grace to some. 
and instead let them reap the rewards of their sin. Mm. So reprobation says, I'm going to pass over these people and not give them grace, uh, which they don't deserve. And instead, I'm going to actively condemn them. Why? They're condemned not because they didn't get grace. They're condemned because they rejected That's right. God. That's right. So it's important for us to say, like, listen, the reason somebody goes to hell is because they broke God's law, and that's what we deserve. It's what we, we've earned, and it's what's good, fair, and right, and just. Um, the amazing thing is that God saves anyone. The amazing oh, thing yeah. is that God extends grace. So no, it doesn't. it's not going to sit well with a lot of people. A lot of people are going to object to this. Uh, and for those who have exegetical arguments against it, that's one thing. Uh, we can have those discussions. But for you to have an emotional reaction... For you to simply not like it and then throw it away because you find it distasteful, that's not an option for the Christian. That's not mm. how we work. We Mm-mm. receive the revelation of God and we say, okay, this I'm going to receive this truth. I'm going to believe it. So one thing that we should all agree on, right, Jimmy, is that the Word of God is true. That's right. We can disagree on what it means. Yep. We can have differences of opinion. Yep. But none of us as believers are going to say, well, what the Word of God says here is wrong. Correct. Okay, so... When we're looking at this, this this doctrine of predestination and reprobation, right? That um, and again here it says it very clearly. Some men and angels are predestinated or foreordained to eternal life through Jesus Christ to the praise of His glorious grace. Others being left to act in their sin, so they're left alone to do what they want to do. That's right. And they do what they want to do, and that leads to their just condemnation, which also leads to His glory, but His glorious justice. Mm-hmm. So when we look at this predestination and reprobation. And we see that what God does, he does from eternity past without any regard for what we're going to do in and of ourselves. Um, if, if, if some of us are going to have a, a sort of a, if some of us are going to balk at that. Okay. How should we position ourselves to receive this? And, and what should our attitudinal response be? What should our emotional response be? Not that what it is mm-hmm. or what it's easy to be, but what should it be? I think... When we're coming uh, to, especially these hard truths, I think we need to come with this sense of humility, this sense of openness, this uh, coming to it uh, humbly before your God, that God is sovereign, God is is grand, He is majestic, He is holy, um, He is righteous, um, and we are not. And so, when we're approaching Scripture like this, I think there's there's a sense of humility mm-hmm. uh, that needs to be, I think, should be our attitude. Um, because like you said, Joe, we might disagree exegetically, and that's a separate conversation. But to come to this passage emotionally and just say, I reject this because I don't like what that means for my friend, my neighbor, or my family. Right. Right? Right. And I, as I'm thinking about this, well, I think that's really good uh, because when I think about this, I feel like it's important for me to, to – to, it is okay to grieve. It is okay to be angry, yeah. to mourn. But I'm not mad and angry and mourning because of God's decision. I'm mad and angry and mourning because of humanity's decision. Mm-hmm. That all of us have broken God's law and, and rejected his, his person. His, we've rejected his grace. Yeah. Everybody has rejected his grace. Everybody's experienced his grace on some level, even if it's just common grace in the world. That's right. And so the fact that like there is sin and there's death and there's hell – it's one of the things I hate about us, not God. Mm. It's like, well, God overcame that and extended salvation to many. Exactly. You guys hear that? No, I'm looking at the thing. Oh, it, it, they've got to be able to hear that. There's this, what is he doing? He's working on his lawn. Doesn't he's, he know we're busy over no, here? He's edging. He's, he's edging the lawn. Oh my gosh, it's so loud. <laughs> Can't even happened? think. Can't even hold a thought. You huh? okay? What? What? 
This is a safe place, Joe. So I think one thing, yeah, we, we should, we should be, we can mourn and be angry about yes. sin, but on another level, um, uh, it, it ought to produce great, uh, praise and joy. Yes. We've experienced this, so we should be happy in Jesus. And I think it should also produce within us, um, a fervency to preach Christ because we know that God has chosen a great number of people to be saved. And he calls us to preach the gospel that those people might come to believe. And yeah. so, I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's a motivator. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it isn't complex and that it doesn't leave us sometimes wondering uh, why God didn't do things differently. That's, that's, that's okay. As long as we have the posture of what you said, Jimmy, humility, submitting ourselves to the will of God, the word of God, um, you know, it really by faith. Yeah. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. Actually, you're distracting more than him. I can't see. <laughs> oh, <please. laughs> I don't know whatever I'm at. You take off the Stop. You got me all. Uh, you can head to their website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoeStore.com. And grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content when available. Later. I hope he's I hope he's around for the next episode. Mm-hmm.